106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a hump day, a Wednesday edition, as we talk sports with you up until noon. Uh, every Monday through Friday, 10 to noon, Miller and Condon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you, and thanks for spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, 25 minutes, we will begin our weekly visits with our friend who resides to the west of us, Stephen M. Sippel from the Lincoln Journal Star. If you're a Husker fan, if you're a Husker hater, Sippel is with us weekly, although I think probably we'll give him a week or two off before we get into this sure. every week yeah. thing. want to make you happy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Sip will be here today at 1025. We'll get into the schedule to the Big Ten, etc. with our friend uh, Stephen M. Sippel. Lincoln Journal Star 1025. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We'll talk college football in general as it ratchets up in a big way this weekend with conference play in the Big 12 underway, the SEC beginning their uh, season, as well as the ACC, some other games as well. But Bill Bender will be here. Cappy at 1105. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy so much on Cappy. Plate. The, bear, the Bears are unbeaten. The White Sox are in first place. The Cubs are in first place. Both of those teams coming off losses. Uh, Gail Sayers passed away. One of the greatest running backs of all time. And of course the Chicago Bear, number 40. And you see some of the highlights of his career and most of them taking place at Wrigley Field. Which is crazy. Yeah. Trent, he was and I don't claim to have watched his career. Um, he was Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders. Is is how I see, it. and I again, I'm highlights only as a mm-hmm. kid growing up in Winnipeg. Um, and that's that's how that's how I would compare him. He, if you if you watch Barry Sanders, you saw Gale Sayers, the speed of Sayers, and oh that was always God. talked about. And yep. when he would the get out, cut on the spot, and yes. just how bad the knee was, uh, and it just left far too soon. But he was one of these guys when, you know, when there's guys that uh, Terrell Davis, a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Reached the pinnacle in such a short period of time, and sadly, his career was cut short because of the knee. Well, can you put him in the... Well, Gail Sayers in the Hall of Fame. Well, hold on a second. Gail Sayers and, and this guy in the same sentence, but that's the type of player he was. That's the type of respect he got league-wide. Uh, so a lot on Cappy's plate. We'll get into... We'll bring up Gail Sayers with Cappy, uh, Billy Donovan, uh, baseball and football with Cap. And then at 11.25, more football conversation. Our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Uh, Trent and I will talk NFL as we head into week number three. How are you this morning? Oh, doing pretty well. It's uh, interesting you bring up the, the story of Gail Sayers passing today, and I know there's a connection here to our state, to Gail Sayers. He intended to go to the University of Iowa. That's where he first wanted to go. I did not know that. He then, for whatever reason, that fell through. He committed to Iowa State. I he did was, not Him know and a that. teammate was committed to Iowa State. Ultimately, in June, right before school started, yeah. changed uh, his verbal to Nebraska and of course, we ultimately know ended up at Kansas. This is a guy that. Oof. Why did you know? Why? Why did I mean? What's going on? What's behind this? Do you know? I, I have no idea, and I'm trying to rack my brain. Who we would know that would know? Ooh. Would Rick Brown maybe possibly know some of the backstory there? At least with the and Iowa Rick's angle. A, Rick's a Bears fan too, right? Would know the angle behind that. 
if there's anybody else that would have any kind of insight, because we're talking about early 60s when huh. he was in high school. You know, who would be somebody that we could dial up to figure didn't, that out? Didn't need him any of those rules. <laughs> exactly. It, there was something with Jerry Burns, who was the coach yeah, at yeah. Iowa at the time, and coming huh. off of Evashevsky and the great run there. Iowa was one of the premier po- programs in the country at that time, but didn't end up at Iowa, didn't end up at Iowa State, didn't end up at Nebraska, huh. ended up at Kansas. That's unbelievable. I had no idea about that. Thank you. Good information. Uh, but that's worth looking into. And we've got an older audience. I yeah, think we yeah. skew a little bit older. Than and if it, anybody knows more of the story, hit us up right absolutely. now. 284-5966. I'd love to hear more of that story. Because I mean, we're talking about the early 60s. Recruiting then, I'm sure a lot different than it was. But as we talked about this summer with Scott Dockerman when he wrote the long Alex Carissa article talking about being put up in northwest iowa and you hanging know what? out i wonder if doc would know because yeah. he's a bears fan and mm-hmm. anyways uh that for a later day so a mm-hmm. uh, lot lot on the plate here today um you know baseball was good last night i was glad that i was you know able to focus solely on baseball uh watching the cubs anemic offense uh, we saw uh, extra innings again and i'm just riveted by this no f- new format mm-hmm. and here's my takeaway trent by watching and listening uh, to games throughout the 60-game sprint. Uh, people that were slow to come around to this, even if, even if they were like Dick Bremer, perfect example, yeah. he hated it. This mm-hmm. is, I don't want this, this is bad for the game. Dot Loves it. <laughs> loves it. Hope it, hope it goes forward uh, starting as early as next year. I, I think that, I think that uh, some minds have been changed. We're going to have the designated hitter in both leagues. That, as we have it this season, that's going to happen going forward. Now, we might have to wait till 2022 when the new collective bargaining agreement goes in, but that's happening. So for the National League fans that oh, you're taking away such a big part of the game, the the checkers, the chess, whatever now, look, it is. I get it. I love the National League game, too. But you know Double what? switches are gone. Yeah. Okay. But there is still so much with, A, the extra ending rule, which is incredible. And mm-hmm. also, now with the pitchers that have to pitch to three consecutive batters yeah. unless they get out of an inning, there is still plenty of decisions yeah. that you can second guess. There's still a lot of the strategy They're just different. It, it's just different. That's right. But the strategy is still there, and yeah. it's still a big part of what makes baseball so great is that strategy element to it. You're going to get it, and you get it in a big, big way. Watching the White Sox-Indians last night, watching the Twins and, and the Tigers game last night, watching these games when it gets to extra innings and the decisions that you have to make, and it leads to the importance of being the home team. Yeah, home field advantage with no fans, we can argue the merits and how important it is, but when you get to extra innings, that last at-bat is so important for the Indians knowing that they had to get at least two, as opposed to the Twins knowing they just needed to get one to tie, two to win. It's just a completely different conversation, the way it's played, and I love the strategy that's involved. I'm with you, Trent, and and again, I'm uh, old school in a lot of things. Look, I go back, I did not want the NHL to quit going away from ties. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the tie. The best thing, that, not the best thing to happen in the game, Uh I love the fact now we go to three on three in mm-hmm. a shootout and then we decide who wins. Is it tricked up? Yeah. Does the, should you get a point for losing as teams that get to overtime? Maybe not, but look, it changes, uh, changes part of life, right? And uh, we were slow to change, but once we do get accustomed to it, I think it's here to stay. Anyways, so I was thinking, uh, um, last night. I saw Keith Murphy uh, tweeted that sounds like six Roosevelt players, football players are, are transferring. Um, and that this, I mean, this is Roosevelt, but I mean, I'm assuming Lincoln is going to follow suit. He's right. dot, dot, dot. Do you know the answer to this? And, and, and I'm sure that you can't because somebody certainly would have suggested it, I would think. Why can't the city schools have a city championship? Why can't they start on November the 10th, mm-hmm. have the five city schools 
you know, play each other around Robin. It takes four weeks. The top two teams, there are no playoffs with the exception of team one versus team two, play for a state championship. I know basketball would kind of be underway, right. but you wouldn't be missing a ton. You'd get the basketball in time for the middle of December, I would think. Can you do that? Uh, it wouldn't be sanctioned, obviously. This wouldn't be something that the Iowa why High wouldn't School... they? Why wouldn't they do it, though? Why wouldn't they sanction that, knowing the circumstances around it? That's a good question. That, that's a really good question. I guess maybe you just you're opening up Pandora's box into. But this is there is a year to do? open up Pandora's box. Yes. It's 2020. Pandora's box has been open since March. Yes, that's a really good point. But I guess that would be at least the the theory behind it. Right, is that would be the reason that you do it. But I think you're exactly right. If if they're not able to come back and they're not able to come back until November, do something for these city schools to give them something to play for. Hell get, yeah, for them to be able to complete. Their season, whatever it may be, even if it is set up a bracket, the four and five, whoever you determine is the four seed and five seed, they play and then you get to a 14 bracket and play for the city championship. Also, if it would be allowed by the boys and Boone, you'd also, you know, allow the officials that, that you need Why to not? make it happen. All those different things. I think it's a great idea. Play those it. guys, those officials want another paycheck right. on a Friday night. Why wouldn't they? Play at Drake Stadium? Sure. That's you, where the championship is. And, and Trent, look, you can go back. The climate has shifted. I mean, this isn't a climate change show, but but think of it, for, right? Think of Thanksgiving over the last, I don't know, decade. Mm-hmm. 60 degrees, 50 degrees. I'm not guaranteeing that, mm-hmm. but we haven't had snow until right around Christmas Absolutely. for the last three or four years. So it'll be done by then. Be finished by the middle of December. There's nothing saying you have to kick off at 7 o'clock. Kick off at 4 o'clock. Yes, yeah, great point. I, I love it. You know, I told you there were rumblings back before week two, when things look like pretty imminent, they were I'll shutting play down. play Saturday afternoon if you want, yes. daylight. Ames, Iowa City Schools, and, and of course here Des Moines Schools, about the possibility of them going rogue. There were rumblings mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Even if the governor says that you can't play, you're still going to play, and they'll just play against each other, non-sanctioned games, exhibitions, whatever you want to call them, and going that route. This is a great idea, though, and this is taking a step further in. If it's ultimately determined that these kids cannot come back and they cannot play... Well, Trent, she's got the hammer, and she's willing to wield it. I yeah. mean, and she's got all perfect rights to do it. I mean, out of a roster of, say, 60 varsity kids, how many of them... Mm, might lose a few. But if they want to play, let them play because they're back in school. They've checked all those boxes. You're talking about 15 seniors that have already seen their football career end. That's that's ridiculous. You know, and it's not like you can come back for another senior season. I don't know, there's no red shirt in high school, right? Outside of those 15 kids, a handful are going to play college football. That's it. Your career is over, and you got mm-hmm. to play, and you got stuck in the middle of administration right. against the governor's office, right? that had nothing to do with it. These kids, they did not have the choice of what they wanted to do. Allow them that opportunity. Uh, it's a great idea. I love that idea. I hope it I hope it happens if we get to that point. Just Absolutely. let the city schools have their city championship yep. in 2020. Something to play. If somebody has to have thought of that, Trent, I would, I mean, we'll see. So it's out there. Hopefully it comes to pass. All right, Stephen M. Simple coming up in uh, 15 minutes or so. Bill Bender, Notre Dame's game with Wake Forest was canceled. They're going to make that up at the, I think, December the 12th. Yeah, it hurt. You, you mentioned that uh, before the show today. Impactful at all to Notre Dame? Yeah. Well, look, they're pretty good from what I've seen. Although, you know what? Let's tap the brakes a little bit. Let's see once they get into ACC play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's not that they played. They, they played nobody. They they've been impressive. I I got to admit it. I'm not an Ian Book fan, and he Duke hasn't and been South awful. Florida though. Right, not like not Wyoming Central Florida. Florida, South Florida. Right, if they're beating if they're beating Central Florida, that's, that's a hell of a win. They get Florida State after that, who is not good. Yeah, yeah, down after what we saw against Georgia Tech in that first game. Louisville, Pitt, decent teams. Mm-hmm. They play, in fact, this weekend. Those two teams face off against each other. Clemson, and they also have Carolina on the twenty seventh of November. Massive. So there's still plenty of hurdles there. Mm-hmm. I am so intrigued, though. When the Big Ten is back and when we get into the college football ranking system and that first ranking. You know, I think they're going to include them this week. Are they not? The AP poll, yeah. Right. Which, it comes out on, when's it come out? Sunday? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sunday is when that's released. Which, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. No. But, but it matters. Yeah. I mean, for, for sorting purposes, when the committee first gets together, they have an idea because of what they see with the coaches and the AP poll. It's a starting point at the very least. And, and what do you do? Does Iowa reemerge in the top 25? They were. On the fringes in the uh-huh. first polls that we saw, what, 25 and one, 23 in the other? I, I think it's going to be difficult. You have undefeated Louisiana. You have these you know, upstart teams mm-hmm. that have actually done something this year. Mm-hmm. Are you going to just start dropping them all out? I think that would be difficult yeah, to do. Yeah, that's not, not right either. You know, Ohio State is still going to be in the top five when they're eligible for the first poll. What about Penn State? And they were... Fringes of the top 10, do you just put them back in there? Who are you mm. bouncing down? It is going to be incredible to see how this plays out and how the playoff committee deals with all this and all the uncertainty and the canceled games. Trent, and, it's the eye test. I don't think that there's a certain number of games. I don't there's either. There's no criteria I've heard that. so much about that. No. And we're, we were talking to our friend Scott Knock here before. Yeah. 5-0 and Ohio State, they, they have four games canceled. They're still going to be fine because they're Ohio State. 5-0 and Iowa? And one of those canceled games was a Penn State game, and they pull an upset in the championship. They don't have the same wiggle room. They don't have the same argument. Ohio State's a brand, Trent. Brand matters. Yeah. Absolutely matters, and it matters regardless of the conference you're talking about. We, we've seen this happen plenty of times before, where teams that don't have that cachet don't get the national respect. Even Penn State, they've battled it. When they've been on the fringes a couple of different times here, Ohio State's a different kind of brand. Alabama is a different kind of brand. And really, those are the two that carry the most weight when you're having these conversations. Uh, you know, we're not having any conversations about it. I'm glad we're not because I just don't see any way in hell we're going to pull this off. Um, and I, I'm going to ask this to Bill Bender in a half an hour when he joins us because at SportingNews.com, he put out his ball projections. So oh, did yeah. Jerry Palm at CBSSports.com. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's an exercise in futility. There's no way in hell they're going to be playing bowl games. Is there? Yeah. You think? Th- I mean, the playoff for sure. But you think that some New of the... New Year's Six is fine. Yes. Right. Those will, those will go forward. But do you think some of the other... go you know, The Liberty Bowl is, is going to happen in, I in think Memphis? So. You think so? I think the Liberty Bowl, yes. I think the... Alamo Out, Bowl? Outback, Outback, Alamo. The ones that have been around. The ones that still are in places that they're allowing fans. Yeah, Florida. We saw Jacksonville. They're allowing fans. Miami, they're mm-hmm. allowing fans. And places like that in the South that are allowing so fans. So two for... weeks after the season ends, mm-hmm. because the season for is, is some conference going to end on the 12th, the, the playoffs will be on the 19th. This, I guess the announcement will be on the 20th, which is a Sunday of December. And there's six days later, there's bowls going to start? It might have to push things back a little bit more. I don't, I don't know, know if it's going to have the same window. Well, and who owns a lot of these ESPN. games? ESPN. ESPN. What do they want? They want content. Programming. Absolutely. Now, for the City of Commerce, that usually is used to having anywhere from... They are sunk. 60,000 people there to 
twenty thousand. Right. Well, if you can get that twenty thousand, it's still something. Yeah. It's still something. You think and they will. I think so. Now for can they have fans? These Bulls, the Gasparilla Bowl, where you got the fourth place team from Conference USA against the fifth place. Right. Pre Christmas bowl games are out the window. Yeah. I mean, the, those those cross them off. But for the ones that have the financial backing that have been built for a long time and are ESPN owned, I think you're still going to see not all of them. What is it? Four, 39 games? Is that what it is? Bowl games? Rings or 41 or 39, whatever. maybe 39 or 40, yeah. We'll see at least half of them. You think we will? I think we'll see at least half of them this year. 20 bowl games. That, that's my. Look, guess. Iowa State fans are as loyal as anybody and they follow their squad. If they get back to San Antonio, you think they're going to get down there for that? Not in the same numbers we saw two years I ago. They'd be close. But 10,000? Hard. Uh, we'll see. I mean, who knows where we're at? We, yeah. I just saw the, Johnson and Johnson. Nah, you know what? I forget. <laughs> you read it yourself. I'm not going to get in the middle of this. Sounds like there's really good news. Just leave it there. You can find it on Twitter. Dot dot dot. I know it's it's not like it's available in the stores. No, no, you can't. I call call up your doctor's office. Yeah, just got shipped. But gonna go uh, to right CVS. I'm gonna pick up. Let's see, toilet paper. Gonna get my vaccine. <laughs> Did you get a flu shot? By the way, I did last week. Arm hurt afterwards, but. Feeling good. You know, I'm on the fence. I've got, I'm going to tomorrow. Yeah. I've you, only got one once in my life. And, uh, and I thought, I, maybe not, but I, I seem to recall that it's the sickest I've ever been that winter is when I got really? the flu shot. Yeah. Got the wrong, got the wrong strain know. that year. That's what they say. I mean, it, it's only 60 to 70% yeah, it's effective. It's one size fits all, right? Right. So you just hope that you get the right one yeah, and that strain that you didn't get doesn't come through this year, but I think it's worth it. I think that doctors continually say, and tell me it's worth it, I'll listen to them. I'm with you. All right, so uh, TCU has now solved their quarterback. Um, I, I don't know if it was a quarterback battle or not, but it's not going to be Dugan. It's going to be Matthew Downing, who was the kid that went to Georgia, walked on at Georgia, actually played in a couple of games at Georgia, then left Georgia, uh, found his way to TCU, didn't play at all last year, uh, but is going to start against Iowa State this week. I don't know anything about Matthew Downing other than the fact that he had the balls to walk into the quarterback room at Georgia, and he actually saw the field, which moves him up in my book. You know, Duggan's been practicing, it sounds like, for at least a little while. It's not like he was just cleared and it happened this week. He's been back with the team, and he's been going through workouts. I think Patterson said a couple of weeks. Yeah. I believe this is going to be a pretty short hook. I mean, if... All right, let's go with Downing. He's mm-hmm. been there. He, we know that he's been practicing with the team, and he is closer to 100% than, certainly, than Duggan is at this point. But after we saw Duggan, there were bright moments. There were also some awful moments out of Max a year ago. I think you're going to see a very quick hook here. What is it about Iowa State that they have solved TCU compared to seemingly everybody great, else? That's a, you know what? That's a really good question. We mentioned yeah. earlier this week just every game that TCU lost last year was within the Close. score, except for the Iowa State yeah. game. They were rolling around. They were throttling everybody a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. They come in ranked in the top five. Iowa State holds them to a touchdown mm-hmm. win that game 14-7. They're just – Matt Campbell. Is it those certain coaching matchups? Well, that, look at K-State's got Iowa State's number. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we know that mm-hmm. incredibly well. And whatever reason that it is, this is a game I was asked yesterday by a Cyclone fan. I was out talking to Luch out at Centurion Stone. And what's your feeling? What are you betting on? I don't have a good read on this game. It's because TCU hasn't, hasn't played. played. Yeah, we don't know. And I keep coming back to the fact, I think I told this to you yesterday, Patterson, his team seemingly always bounce back. They have that dip, and they come back with a real good year the following season. I look at this team on paper, I don't see a great TCU team. Well, but I see a really good defense, in particular the back half of the defense. And the four-two-five, and the different things that they can do, it can be incredibly difficult. 
That's what I keep coming back to. Until I see Patterson's team, it's just really difficult for me to get a good... If I had to bet the game, I'd lay the two and a half with Mm. Iowa State. Yeah, look, I haven't seen the depth chart. Here's what I know. They had the leading tackler in the Big 12 last year. He's back. Wallow's his name. He's a linebacker. The number one Juco outside linebacker of 2019, he's at TCU now. Uh, A kid who started as a... Not started, but played in 10 games for the national champion Louisiana State University... He's now uh, playing linebacker. They've got two safeties that returned that are Eisworth-esque, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so they're really good defensively. Offense, they, they got the kid, the five-star, the number running one back, running back yeah. in the country. Evans is there. We don't know. We haven't seen him. What we saw of Iowa State wasn't pretty. No. So I'm with you. I don't have a feeling for this game at all. You have to assume that the special teams are going to look a lot better. You're not going to You wouldn't give up two kicks. You'd anticipate the defense played really well, yeah. and, and getting Kohler back—they got beat once deep. DJ Miller yeah. got beat once deep. Getting Kohler back is going to open well, up is he so back, much though? more. He's day to day, day to day, and right. you know Campbell. Campbell's not going to tell you a thing, not not a thing. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have gonna, to, right? He's not going to, and he won't. Uh-uh. And as he called him, Coach Pinocchio, after the <laughs> Julia Goodjones a year ago, uh, before the bowl game, we're not going to know. Nope. We're not going to know until. Pretty much John Walters will tell us in the pregame show on the Cyclone Radio on the Network. Field, yeah. that, that's, yep. that will be the first time that we will know for sure about that one. But if Kohler is back, it's just such a huge impact Yeah, no there. doubt. Well, the, the wide receivers could get any separation. None. Hutchinson, too much reliance on him. Spread yeah, it around a little bit more. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Like Milton. Mm-hmm. Like Akers. I like Shaw. Yeah. Boy, he, for a 6'6 guy, he is so smooth. Mm-hmm. I know they've targeted him here his first couple of years a lot of times in the red zone, and he's got more on his plate this season. But I don't know. He, he's such an interesting, dynamic player. You have that feeling. And, and it's not just because of the size. He looks different than you'd anticipate a six foot six wide receiver looking out there. They have the pieces as long as the offensive line blocks. And what about Downing? Because we saw his backup. Yeah, it wasn't good. That was bad. Yeah, that wasn't good. Um, Without Downing. 17. Uh, Wilson. Mm-hmm. He, he caught. He had some big catches last year. I don't even know if he played this the, this past game. Don't remember seeing him. Uh, Jirel Brock. He wasn't dressed. What's going on with him? Not look. They don't need. Brees Hall's fine, mm-hmm. but it's contact sport. Uh, and Nwangu came in, um, and Johnny Lang came in. But where was Jirel Brock? He, he was. I don't. Know, is he injured? Don't know. But you're right about Kohler. He's a huge difference maker. We'll see if he's on the field. Stephen M. Simple. We're going to switch gears. Talk <laughs> about Nebraska. get ready for this, folks. <laughs> Uh, Stephen M. will join us next. He'll opine on what uh, the kind of the feeling was when the schedule was released there. I want to find out who, once they lose Ohio State as their uh, crossover rival, who does it become? Penn State? (laughs) Michigan? Michigan? Uh, It's good TV content. It's really good TV content. Miller and Condon till noon. Bill Bender, Sporting News. I'll ask him about the Bulls. He's put out his bull projections, so he believes they're going forward, or is he just asked by an editor uh, to do it? Uh, 10.45 for him. Cappy with so much on his plate. 11.05 Centurion Stone of Iowa. Sponsors, it's Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO 106. It's time for SIP. (laughs) <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. Stand by your land. And show the 
With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. And we're grateful he's going to do that here for the next 10 minutes or so with Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. He joins us each and every week during the regular season. We'll give him a couple of weeks off before we get him back in here. His training camp will be underway. Uh, but from the Lincoln Journal star, he's Steve Sipple. Hello, pal. How are you? How are you guys? It's really good to hear your voice. Good to hear yours. I didn't think we were going to, Sip. I really didn't. I didn't think that uh, for a while there it didn't look good. Uh, Nebraska didn't let up. I give them credit, Moose and Frost. And, you know, Sip, at the end of the day, did the lawsuit that went forward, I'm not saying it was the determining factor, but seemingly it caused the Big Ten to go down some paths that they really didn't want to. I know that money's the big driving force, and we just saw $107 million deficit rather at Ohio State. But I have to think that the the lawsuit, if anything, might have, you know, might have got this ball rolling. How about that? Oh, I mean, it's hard to tell, isn't it? I because you just don't hear much from the Big Ten. I would have. I, I mean, I I only heard just a few kind of vignettes about the reaction from the Big Ten, just off-the-record type stuff. I I definitely think it had an impact. How much of an impact, I don't know. It's the fact that there were players attached to it. Eight players were attached to it. I thought that it took a lot of courage for those guys to attach their names to a lawsuit, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the ramifications are great. But, yeah, they they, they sought more transparency. Transparency. They got a little bit more transparency in that, you know, that was one of the main, it was the impetus to knowing there was an 11 to 3 vote. So, in that regard, certainly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot. <laughs> I think Nebraska, kind of the state of Nebraska and the Nebraska program, Nebraska was pretty forceful and was, you know, was rattling its saber pretty loudly. I don't even know if people in Iowa know that even the the state attorney general here got in the act, um, making some demands of the Big Ten, which I I don't even know where that will go now if it'll just go away. But yeah, it was Nebraska was a pain in the rear end. It was interesting watching this play out, both from the Nebraska side of things and Ohio State. Here in Iowa, they were the third team that, that voted to still play in the original vote, but didn't seem nearly as deep into it as the Buckeye program and Nebraska was into this sip. There were conversations, first about going independent and going rogue and playing, but there were certainly some hurt feelings and some frustrations. Do you believe Nebraska, down in the road, how much harm was done with their relationship with the Big Ten, and would there be a possibility two, five, ten years down the line that they'd be looking to get away from the Big Ten? I don't think so now. I, I mean, I, de- I definitely think there was some. I mean, I you can't. Of course, there was some thought of that. Um, certainly outside the program, I don't know exactly how 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 deeply that conversation was occurring within um, relationship with the Big Ten. I mean, it's listen. Nebraska filed a lawsuit against its league. Its attorney general filed what you would, I guess, call legal action against the league. The AD openly criticized the idea of playing in January 
um, or February, whatever it was, whatever they were talking about, and called it a JV. It, it would be the JV season. I mean, it was headlines here. You know, I mean, that all of that is sort of, you know, you're taking on your league. Now, I would say this about Nebraska, though. Nebraska, if it if it has the role sort of of the maverick on the plains, this renegade, I think it's appropriate in a lot of ways. I mean, there's a lot of ways. You know, Nebraska's sort of an outlier in the league. Nebraska does have its own sort of personality. Bill Moose is certainly that way. Yeah. I mean, think about Moose's background. He's a Montana guy. He's a rancher. Um He's not, you know, he's not kind of a hoity-toity Big Ten type, you know. He's he's a, you know, Scott Frost is a, you know, he's a tobacco chewing country boy. <laughs> um, he keeps a chaw in his mouth basically all time. Listen, Nebraska wanted to play football, and it's it's always struck me odd the backlash against him that actually actually wanted to play and was very passionate about wanting to play. They felt safe. They wanted to play the game. Nobody in the Nebraska organization talked about joining the Big 12. They talked openly about playing the, its own schedule. But our, our conversation here in Lincoln's a little different than it is in a lot of most places in the, in the Big Ten. It's not the same in Champaign, mm-hmm. Illinois, or Evanston, or uh Certainly not Maryland. I mean, this is we we're really financially dependent upon it as a state uh, that that team's playing. And Frost, as a native, understands it completely. And Moose, it's just his personality um, to be that way. Uh, Stephen M. Simple, Lincoln Journal Star. So sit fast forward to Saturday, and I, I love the. I mean, it's a rivalry now. I listen to Iowa fans. I watch the reaction. You know, when the schedule's coming out, and they see Moose is is crying crocodile tears, and he's whining that he gets Ohio State and Wisconsin. I love that zip. I love the fact that this thing is taken on a rivalry uh, where where it should. Um, just the, the the schedule, at least the beginning of the schedule, was it seen as being unfair? I mean, you're going to play Ohio State. That's your crossover until they switch up and you get Michigan, as Trent uh, told me during the break. Uh, you're going to have to play them at some point. Ohio State, Wisconsin to start the uh, schedule. Was that seen as kind of a, a payback from the Big Ten over there? Were some people, did they believe that? Oh, no, I, I mean... To a certain extent, but I think everybody understood, including Bill Moose, that what the Big Ten did was go by the original schedule, right? The original, original, which had, for Nebraska, it had Ohio State and Penn State, and the third team was Rutgers, um, but that was going to be a, a road game, and Nebraska was locked into going to Ohio State, so then it became just Penn State was going to be the home team. It was going to be the home game, which it was on the original schedule. So, you know, they used the original schedule as a guidepost. What Moose wanted to do was blow up that concept. Moose, I mean, Moose was just fighting. I mean, he was just doing what he felt he should do as an AD. Um, now, he's getting a lot of criticism, and I understand it to a certain extent. And nobody wants to hear those Lincoln columnists go on Iowa radio and, 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 you know, whine about the schedule. But I just think there's a difference between whining 
and pointing out Nebraska's crossover opponents compared to, say, I don't know, you probably got the schedule in front of you. Who's Northwestern's crossover opponent? Uh, good question. Got I don't. It? I don't. I do not have it. But Their Trent, crossovers oh, are Maryland and Michigan State. Okay, so Northwestern has Maryland and Michigan State. Do you look at that as a fair situation? Is that equitable? Mm, <laughs> I'd rather. I'd rather have Northwesterns if that's sure. what you're asking. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. Of course you would. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, even Iowa, you have it's balanced at least. I mean, you have Penn State. And who is Michigan State? Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's balanced. Now, all Moose wanted was some balance in the conversation. I mean, instead of having number two and seven, yeah, we'll play Ohio State. But how about we replace that with we replace Penn State with somebody else? But listen, I'm not whining about it. But I do think there's an, a degree of it's not equitable. I mean, it's, look at Purdue. Who, who, who do you see on Purdue's crossover? Well, they get Indiana, Indiana every year. Yeah. And, Indiana and who else? And their other one this year is Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah. It's a pretty uh, good one see, for the there Boilers. There you go. I mean, so this just, <laughs> I mean, if you're an objective observer, you would say that's not equitable. This it's not equitable, not. but Sip, Sip, I think the problem that a lot of people see is this is Nebraska. This is Nebraska that considers themselves a power program. This is a blue blood, and you're sitting here. It's not a non-conference game. It's These, are, these teams are in your conference and you're still complaining about it, and we hear this. And, and then for Bill I, Moose... I mean, t- I don't know if I'm complaining. I'm, I love it. I don't think I'm complaining. But Bill Moose that's, is. Bill Moose was. And, and that's well, where I think the problem... And then, to top it off, he's talking about... And then they have to go on the road in week one, and they have to deal with hotel rooms. If, if these kids don't know how to work a hotel key, we got some big problems here, Sip. He took it a well, step further, and that was about, issues, too. Yeah, he's talking about the pandemic situation in that regard. But, yeah, now, Moose... I was a little surprised, just a little surprised Moose was going down the road he went, but I didn't, he didn't sound whiny. He sounded defeated. Like he pushed, I mean, he pushed for some things that he didn't get. And I think he felt more defeated and deflated than all oh, poor me as a, as a, as a program. I think he kind of was doing the poor me thing as a person a little bit, but not, it wasn't the pro. It was I, you have to separate Moose from the program a little bit in this conversation. So I, I don't know. I get it. I get where people are coming from, but I also, I don't know. When I look at it, if you had, if Iowa had the schedule Nebraska has, I'd say, man, man, Iowa got the shaft here. I mean, what's they got to play those three teams in the first four games? I'd say good luck with that. You know, that's so it's the same. I just react the same. Um, I would react the same any team having that that schedule um i just happen to live in nebraska sip uh l- last thing away from uh from the schedule and what went on before uh as camp gets uh, set to start here what next wednesday i want to say next week at some point i believe it's wednesday uh the biggest i guess battle what scott frost's biggest decision he's going to make is what Ooh, there's a question uh i would say one would be it they're going to watch to see if this redshirt freshman Bryce Benhart is ready at right tackle because that will determine a lot on the line. If he's not ready, you would move a senior back to tackle, uh, Matt Farniok, and it would cause some shuffling up front. But they're going to start out. At least that was the, the talk when we la- you know, when during spring, that they're going to try a, a 
a redshirt freshman at right tackle, a big kid from Minnesota uh, named Bryce Benhart. That would be one. I think that would be a big one. They're gonna have they're gonna have to make some decisions about some new guys at receiver. Um, I mean, they got to get the kicking thing squared away. They're gonna have a probably a new kicker. Well, they will have a new kicker. It's just a, it's just a matter of who it is. It could be an LSU transfer named Connor Culp. Uh, but there's some competition there among a bunch of guys nobody knows. They have a new punter coming in. There's so that's not a decision, but it's something to watch. I would say a lot of it is up front on offense. Um, and you know everybody's probably wondering why aren't you talking about quarterback? Yeah, I mean I think there'll be a quarterback competition between Adrian Martinez and McCaffrey. And McCaffrey. Yeah. I don't. I mean I just the way I look at it right now is just with the the way things are, and it's a, you don't have much time. I just think the heavy nod goes toward the guy who will be the third-year starter. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, if they get into camp, and if they get into camp and McCaffrey's really impressive out of the gate and Adrian's not, then that conversation, of course, could change. Sip, we're going to uh, keep this time slot, okay, going forward. We'll give you next week off, but we'll get, uh, you know, get a week of camp underway. And uh, 1025 Wednesdays work for you as we plan on the fly here and on the air? <laughs> yeah, of course it works. I love it. I'm just glad we're doing it. You and me both, my friend. Good to talk to you, Stephen M. Sipple. Thank you. All right, thank you, guys. Good, Thanks, day, Good to talk to you. You do the same. Stephen M. Simple. Could have kept going there. We got Bill Bender on deck. Um, yeah, I think the quarterback battle's legit. And the, the Ben Hart kid, he's 6'9". Is he really? He's, he was a four-star out of Minnesota. Wisconsin thought Jesus. Wisconsin thought they were going to get him. Well, we, That's we, a pretty we, good recruiting win. Yeah, I'll say. That and if he's going to beat out Farniak for a tackle spot, Farniak's a nice player. Right. And is that some experience in the program? Yeah. Uh, we'll come back with Bill Bender. Uh, Dennis Dodges put on an interesting tweet. Let me read it. A waiver has been filed to the NCAA by the Football Bowl Association to eliminate all bowl eligibility this season. Oh, so we're going to see 2-6 and six Nebraska in a bowl game. <laughs> this will be great. Well, what that tells me is you're right that they're going forward with bowls, but there might be some teams who don't want to participate. Mm-hmm. But damn it, we're going forward with this bowl. There's going to be two teams on the field. And somebody's only played five games and they're two and three. Well, you know, if they wouldn't have played those canceled yeah. games, they would have been at least 500. Put them in. More details coming out uh, this afternoon, but that's Dennis Dodd breaking that story. He's what, CBSSports.com, yes. I believe? Uh, Bill Bender, SportingNews.com. We'll pick his brain on that. And college football is 1460 kicks. Whiskey of the year. Welcome back. 1460KXNO 106.3 FM. Uh, David Kaplan coming up in 15, 20 minutes or thereabouts from Chicago right now. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. It just feels like we're about on the precipice of the start of college football, ironically. <laughs> We've had a couple of weeks of it. Does it feel like that to you, Bill Bender, that uh, you know, with conference play in the Big 12, the SEC joining the fray, some good ACC games, it feels like this is actually the start of college football to me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's fun. It's it's good to see that these conferences are going. I'm always tempering it with Notre Dame having to move their game back. Virginia Tech and NC State aren't sure if they're going to be able to play, and that's just the way we are. I think that's going to be a part of every week where we kind of look at the schedule and, you know, COVID will probably impact at least a few games each 
each and every week of the season. Uh, Bill, I know you put out your bowl projections. I thought it was a, a waste of your time, quite honestly, because I didn't think that they were going to that there was uh, bowls were going to happen. But in the last few minutes, and I'm not sure if you've seen Dennis Dodd, apparently a waiver filed by the NCAA uh, to eliminate all bowl eligibility, which means I think two things, right? You might not play enough games to get that bowl eligibility, or there might not be enough schools that want to play in a bowl game, but they're going forward with the bowl game, so we'll take a team with a losing record. Uh, I'm starting to think that your exercise in projecting bowls was right on the money because I feel better that they're going to happen today than I did, uh, well, yesterday. Well, they're going to play them. It's just they're not going to look like what we're used to. Um, you know, they get that bowl money, and I think you may have a two-win team in a bowl game. And you know what? That's okay. <laughs> this year, yeah. With it. yeah. Yeah, I mean, why not? Make a one-time exception, and then we can get into what the bull games really mean next year. Um, so so I think it's one of those things where we'll just see what happens and see how many bull games we get in. And that, doesn't, that tweet by Dennis, and Dennis is on top of those things, it doesn't surprise me at all. Over under 20 bull games outside of the New Year's Six structure. What would you take right now, even odds on both sides, 20 bull games, the over under? Probably take over. I think we can okay. get at least twenty five, and that's what I've always advocated for. Anyway, is you know when we were growing up, the three of us were all in that. I don't want to date anybody. We're all in the same zip code age range. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> is I that like fair? That. Yeah. You're fair to me. I don't have to divulge. I mean, I'm going to be forty one in October. Right, so I'll, I'll, I'll be sixty two in two months. So yeah, same same age bracket. Same same age bracket. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> um, and um, no, I mean we grew up with. 15 to 20. I think 25 yeah. has always been the sweet spot. If you had the top 50 teams in college football playing in bowl games in the postseason, that's more than enough for me. Uh, Bill, uh, you know what's impressed me so far the first couple of weeks? Um, the Central Florida team, I've never been one that uh, they deserve a spot in the four-team playoff. I look at who they play. I, I always did that argument. That was my argument. Boy, when I watch this team play, they're pretty damn good, Bill Bender. Yeah, I whiffed on them. Last week, I thought Georgia Tech might hang around, and then UCFL offense comes in there, even shorthanded with the guys they've lost because of COVID, and just runs a you know race on them. They've got good offense. They've got good quarterbacks. They've had good quarterbacks yep. for a while, and I mean that keeps that offense rolling. So yeah, they're they're definitely along with Cincinnati. I'm going to stick with Cincinnati, despite a tough game this week against Army. Those are the two I'm kind of eyeballing as teams to watch out for out of the group five. So, good games this weekend. ACC, Pitt-Louisville, pretty decent game there, but we get the SEC. Want to go down to the Plains and Auburn. Mm, Got Kentucky coming in. Mark Stoops has done a really nice job with that program. You know well in Ohio how well he's recruited. Not the guys the Buckeyes want, but that next tier in getting those Ohio kids to play SEC football. How much further can he build that program? His... Has he plateaued? Has he gone as high as you can with Kentucky football? I think they've been in some big games. I was down there a couple of years ago when they played Georgia, and you saw what the difference was there. Was they played hard. They had chances, but Georgia just had more talent. So as long as he continues to recruit well, you said it. I mean, right now, Ohio, Cincinnati, tri-state area, and then competes in some of those SEC recruiting battles, they're going to be okay. I mean, they have guys playing in the NFL right now that can play. Yeah, I'll say. Um, Bud Dupree. You know, Snell. Yeah, I mean, Bud Dupree. They've had some dudes go through the NFL, and as long as that continues, that's the best PSA you can have. And uh, 
he keeps doing that, they'll be all right. Indeed. Bill, what do you make of Oklahoma State? Um, look, they struggled mightily against Tulsa. That was a that was not the most picturesque. Uh, aesthetically pleasing, it was not. Uh, but that was their first game. West Virginia comes into uh, uh, this week. They're back. They're home in Stillwater again. What do you make of Oklahoma State? Because we thought that this was this might be the third team in the Big 12. Certainly didn't look like it in week one. I know Sanders got hurt. Where are you on the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things I was telling you about the picks last week. You just assumed they would go out and score 38, be a typical Gundy offense, and it, boy, did they struggle. And the Sanders injury didn't help. Hubbard wasn't going much in the first half. And maybe that's it's kind of like what Notre Dame did the week before where you know Notre Dame was working out the kinks in the first week, and then they came out last week, and then you're like, okay, that's the team we're expecting. So, you know, when Oklahoma State gets back out there, it's all going to depend on how, how consistent that offense can be because they're going to need it in the Big 12 where a lot of teams can score. Bill, uh, we are the same age. I'll also be 41 coming up in the next year. And for us, Miami-Florida State, that game, year after year, it was must-see. Television felt like everybody, at least for me growing up, everybody picked a side even as we were in the middle of Iowa. It it just That's the way that it was with Miami-Florida State. We saw that you play well against Louisville. Florida State, though, it, it looks like that rebuild or Novell is going to be very, very long. Your thoughts on both sides of that rivalry? Not what we're going to see Saturday. I think we know what we're going to see. But going forward, how close the U is to getting back and Florida State, how long it's going to take them to get back? Well, you know, I, that was one of those games growing up that I, I like to call it, you know, my mom would make chili. My buddies would yeah. come over. We'd crowd in the living room. And mm. that was one note you didn't miss. Mm-hmm. You never missed it because you knew – how many NFL players were on the field. You knew it would probably come down to a kick at the end, and, <laughs> yeah. and it was so fun. And it did. Now, yeah. here's the stat for you, to Trent, to bring at home, is from the you know, 1990 through 2004, their first year in the ACC, those two teams played in nine top ten showdowns. Wow. Nine. Jeez. And they've played in one since. Wow. So, I mean, that's how much that rivalry's fallen off. I like where the Canes are going. Uh, FSU is going to take time. But when you get them on the field, I mean, that's another tough game to pick. I mean, 10 points is a lot when you have all of those players that know each other, grew up with each other, and they're going to go at it. Yeah, that Phillips guy, 15, is unbelievable. Miami's got a kicker with an unbelievably strong leg, and King's not bad uh, under center. Uh, Bill, I I guess I'm all Oklahoma all the time, or the state of, because I want to go to Oklahoma next. K-State pays a visit. That's the early game on Fox. Oklahoma's about a four-touchdown favorite. I'm anxious to see the Sooners. Uh, Missouri State didn't give much of a fight, uh, but it was good to see the uh, the quarterback do what he did, hitting those guys in stride. Where are you on this Oklahoma team? Are they legitimate? conversation for one of those four teams that will find their way into the playoff, in your mind? Oklahoma, yeah. I mean, yeah. They've got the quarterback. They've got the offense. And I think Saturday will be interesting. That's a lot of points for Kansas State, who did upset them last year, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those games where neither buddy, nobody was tackling at all. Um, I think it's going to depend on how that running game comes along. Remember, they lost Trey Thurman and Kennedy Brooks and as long as they have a running game to go with Rattler, who is going to have ups and downs mm-hmm. as a freshman or a first-time starter, not a freshman. But uh, all of those things come to work. But I've just learned to trust Lincoln Riley with quarterbacks. He's been proven the last three years, and he just continues to get the job done. Ohio State has three games canceled. They finished 6-0. and 
ten and one Oklahoma with the last second field goal loss to Texas. Who gets in? There's one spot available. A one loss, but playing eleven games Oklahoma team or six and zero Buckeyes. This is the twilight zone we're about to enter. Yes, I mean I, I think that's coming. Whether it's the ACC team that lost games or. The Big Ten, I think, you know, I, I always had the two rules to get to the playoff were don't lose, and if you do lose, don't lose twice, and that's kind of held up in the playoff era. Um, but but I think it's going to be tough to figure some of that stuff out. It's going to depend on who they play, when they play, how many games get canceled, can they even field a team? Um, and that's the every week attrition that we're going to see in the COVID-19 environment that we're playing in. And that's one of the reasons we love college football, for the back and forth, for the debates. Uh, it's it's going it's on, Bill. I couldn't agree with you more. Sadly, the circumstances are going to put us there, but uh, it's going to be great debate. Bill, we will talk to you next week. Enjoy this weekend. Uh, if you could only watch one game, Bill Bender, which game would it be? Oh, that's a tough one. Probably Florida Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. That's a weird. Pick. Interesting. I want to see yeah. What Lane has at Ole Miss. I want to see what Florida has if they're for real. And that's a game I'd probably key, on, key in on early when we get started on Saturday. Great stuff, Bill Bender. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Bill Bender from the Sporting News, sportingnews.com. All right, Cappy's up next. A lot on his plate. Looking forward to speaking with Cappy. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors David Kaplan. And then Vinny Iyer on the NFL, Miller and Condon, until noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.